Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. In this week's episode, I'm moving away from romanticism and into the world of realism. In one sense, this period builds off romanticism in the fact that it shows different aspects of society that people weren't necessarily used to seeing. However, in a larger sense, realism was a rejection of past periods. It looked past ornamentation and down into the nitty gritty. One of the great artists of this movement was Gustave Courbet. In this episode, I'm going to dive into one of his most famous works, The Stonebreakers. Painted in 1849, it represents not only the life of the lower class, but also a political revolution. So to learn more, then keep on listening. In this work, we see two men working hard at breaking stones along a road. One man seems too old to do this job, while the other seems too young. They don't notice us coming up onto the scene. Either we aren't important, or they are too engrossed in their work. The viewer can tell that these men are of the lower class. Not only are they performing back-breaking manual labor, but their clothes are well-worn and heavily patched. Despite this, we can tell that their work is honest and meaningful. The focus of this piece is on the stonebreakers and their craft. The landscape is roughly sketched in, barely more than a brown blob in the background. There's a patch of blue sky in the upper right-hand corner, but again, it's not the focus. Courbet wanted the viewer to experience the true life of a French peasant in the countryside. As I just mentioned, Courbet's Stonebreakers is one of the most important pieces in realism. But what exactly is realism? It can be boiled down to a single concept, show life as it really is. No more fluff, no more idealization, but just the rough, even ugly part. Realism was a rejection of the exotic elements of Romanticism, and instead a focus on the absolutely ordinary. It was also a reaction to the neoclassical period. Heroic men were not the only subjects worth showing. Everyone and anyone was eligible. The style started in France around 1840, and was only fueled by the revolutions that swept Europe in 1848. I'll discuss more of this later. In addition, the invention of photography only heightened the desire for realism in art. The color palette that was favored by realist artists is similar to the ones we find in the Stonebreakers, natural earth tones that mimic the world around the artist. This movement was significant because it was one of the first times in art history that we see a focus on the common man. Gustave Courbet was not only one of the greatest realist artists, but he also helped to create an important subgenre, social realism. It shows society and its lowest ranking members as they were. There was no idealization to help romanticize their station. Instead, it served as a critique of the upper classes and the mistakes that they had made to create such a class divide. The style was highly influential and was shocking to salon audiences when it was unveiled in 1850. In fact, it was so popular that it made its way across Europe and even across the Atlantic to the United States. Social realism would remain a popular genre until the 1960s. Next, I'm going to dive into some historical background information and some more info on Courbet himself. But first, let's take a quick break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey there, my name is Annalisa, and I'm the founder of Accessible Art History. As a part of my content offerings, I produce a podcast. For the first several seasons, I will be discussing 50 objects that shape the history of Western art. From prehistoric cave paintings to contemporary art, I'll be covering it all. The podcast was designed for everyone, from the casual couch historian to a museum's expert. It all fits within the larger mission of accessible art history, to create a space for art history lovers, students, and anyone who is curious to explore all periods of art history and human creation. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure to follow the Instagram page for all updates at accessible.art.history. Now that I'm back, let's get into the story. As I mentioned, the development of realism and Corbet's The Stonebreakers can be linked directly to the revolutions of 1848, specifically in France. It lasted nearly a year, from February 22nd to December 2nd, 1848. During this time, King Louis-Philippe I was overthrown and replaced with the Second Republic. This was fueled by the dissatisfaction in the ruling class. For the past 50 years or so, the French have been trying to figure out a system of government that would take everyone's needs into account. Very few people actually held voting rights, and even fewer had a say in government processes. It was no surprise that realism rose out of this tumultuous time. On December 2nd, 1848, Louis-Napoleon Bonaparte, nephew of past podcast subject Napoleon Bonaparte, was elected as president of France. He was so popular with the lower class, and there was a sense of promise to his tenure. However, only three years later, he seized power and proclaimed himself as Napoleon III, Emperor of the French. Once again, politics dealt a heavy blow to the common people of France. One person that wouldn't stand for this was Gustave Courbet. He was born Jean-Désiré Gustave Courbet on June 10, 1819. His family were wealthy farmers with a strong anti-monarch sensibilities. In fact, his grandfather had fought in the First French Revolution. Details about his upbringing are scarce, but it seems that he loved to practice art by sketching his siblings and the world around him. Courbet's first works were inspired by literary and historical stories, but he soon abandoned that for art via observation. The Stonebreakers was his first major work to receive acclaim. It was this piece that granted him the title of realist and caused him to write the Realist Manifesto in 1855. Quote, the title of realist was thrust upon me just as the title of romantic was imposed upon the men of 1830. Titles have never given a true idea of things. If it were otherwise, the works would be unnecessary. Without expanding on the greater or lesser accuracy of a name which nobody, I should hope, can really be expected to understand, I will limit myself to a few words of elidation in order to cut short the misunderstandings. I have studied the art of the ancients and the art of the moderns, avoiding any preconceived system and without prejudice, and I no longer want to imitate the one than to copy the other. Nor furthermore, was it my intention to attain the trivial goal of art for art's sake. No, I simply want to draw forth from a complete acquaintance with tradition the reasoned and independent consciousness of my own individuality. To know in order to do, that was my idea. To be in a position to translate the customs, the ideas, the appearance of my time, according to my own estimation, to be not only a painter, but a man as well. In short, to create living art. That is my goal. End quote. Courbet continued to push boundaries with his works, the origin of the world, and sleep. Artists and critics alike were shocked by his audacity. 
1870, he entered the world of politics. He was offered a place in the Legion of Honor, which he steadfastly refused. Although it didn't earn him the respect of the lower classes, it did make him some enemies. That year, Corbet also wrote a letter that would spell out his doom. He wanted a column in the Palace Vendôme, which commemorated Napoleon's victories, to be taken down and replaced with a monument to the concept of a French citizen, but his request was rejected. A few years later, Corbet became involved in the short-lived Paris Commune, which came to power after the Franco-Prussian War. He was given posts in the Department of Art and Education and focused on the restoration of artistic spaces, like museums and studios. It was at this point the column was torn down. Eventually, the Paris Commune fell and was replaced by yet another new regime. They ordered the arrest of Corbet, which fled for a while, but he was eventually caught. He was ordered to pay for a new column to be built, but threatened with bankruptcy, he fled the country for Switzerland. In May 1877, the court informed Corbet that he could pay the cost in installments. Ironically, Gustave Corbet died on December 31st, 1877, the day before his first payment was due. He was only 58 years old, but likely died of liver failure due to heavy drinking. Some of his other famous works include Self-Portrait, The Desperate Man, The Artist's Studio, and A Burial at Ormonds. Sadly, the Stonebreakers can only be viewed as a photograph now. Although thankfully, it's a very good copy. It was destroyed in a bombing by Allied forces near the castle of Kongstein in 1945. There were 154 other works on the transport trucks that are forever lost. It's quite tragic that the great masterpieces has been destroyed, but their memory and importance live on through their study and appreciation. Gustave Courbet's The Stonebreakers is more than a painting. It's a physical representation of the struggle for equality. This work allows the viewer to see history and understands the lives of the people from the past. Next week is the season seven finale. I'm wrapping up Realism with The Gleaners by Jean-Francois Millet. You don't want to miss out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.